Well, welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell. We're in 36th week, uh, COVID and pandemic, and here we are continuing to bring you information twice each week via podcast. Uh, always keep an eye out for our virtual town hall that we'll host, where you have an opportunity to log in and ask questions live and get answers at the Cordell and Cordell panel of attorneys. And yet today, of no different than we continue to do our podcast, we'll bring you information and a topic particularly that we haven't addressed, which is really technology and family law. Uh, but keep in mind, obviously, this is informational. It's not legal advice. It's not a legal relationship, as I always caution. Uh, make sure that you get a consultation with an attorney who can give you proper advice when they listen to the facts of your case and circumstances and, and try to lay out a strategy. If you want a consult, uh, we're available via phone, via Zoom be in person in certain areas where health and safety is kept in mind, but you can check us out at cordellcordell.com or you can reach us at 866-DADS-LAW. So uh, let me introduce our uh, guest from Cordell and Cordell today in our Texas office. Lauren, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining. I appreciate it. So let's talk about technology. Uh, that's a good one. We haven't really spoken about that. Imagine, you know, I've done probably over a hundred of these podcasts and at least a couple dozen uh, virtual town halls and we really haven't addressed it. So this is, we're trying to find some great topics as we continue to roll along in COVID, which is crazy to think that we haven't hit everything. But uh, so technology, why don't you talk, maybe we can start us off with um, maybe some uh, safety measures, something that uh, guys watching, listening right now, right off the bat can take some action, make some notes and think, uh, this is something I probably should do. All right, well, so the kind of the background reason why you want to take these safety measures uh, is somewhat, uh, in family law cases, there's a lot of he said, she said. And well, when the court, when you're in court and you're saying your side of the story and you know your spouse is saying their side of the story, the court doesn't necessarily know who to believe, but it's very helpful to have evidence. And so it's good for you to have evidence and it's helpful when your opposing party does not have evidence. Uh, so for that reason, it's important for you to be considering safety measures that you can take to help protect uh, your version of the case. And so for example, uh, spouses, they often share accounts or they're logged in to their email. They've got automatic logins on uh, on their web browsers now. And so if you have a shared computer, spouses can just click in on, on your email accounts or on your Facebook accounts and they can be snooping without you even realizing it and gathering evidence. Um, same deal for bank accounts. Uh, you know, they're accessing your financial records uh, or I've had it in the past too, you know, perhaps after you separated, uh, spouses are still able to see, uh, you know, shared smart uh, home, like doorbells and things like that, and they're just generally snooping. And you want to protect yourself as much as possible so that uh, you are able to develop your evidence and prohibit the other side from developing theirs. Yeah, I mean, I've got to believe it's got to be the first thing I always mention to clients. Look, change your, uh, your phone password, change your bank, your email, put two-factor, you know, authentication, something that they're not going to guess, you know, not your birth date, not your address, something that, look, it, it, right now, uh, I liken it by the explanation is this or the example. 
when you got married, you sat on the same side of the table, you know, and you're looking out at your friends and your family and everything was great. Now, unfortunately, you're not on the same side of the table, they're on the other side. And you kind of have competing interests. So you've got to unfortunately treat that relationship in that way. And that includes, as you suggest, changing passwords, being mindful of going through all of those just to protect it. And uh, so, but smartphones comes to mind. I mean, I think that's for everyone that's listening is probably the, the most common when we talk about technology. Um, so let's talk maybe through some things that they should be aware of. I know that one is, you know, your text messages and your emails and how they can copy those. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, well, so text messages, emails, things like that. So again, we're trying to develop evidence uh, instead of you saying, well, I said this and she said that. Well, what's in writing? Because you can provide proof of exactly what was said. And so, for example, text messages are a great resource in family law cases. I use text messages as evidence in almost every single case uh, because you can show, um, you know, you're discussing conversations about agreements for visitation arrangements with the kids or demonstrating you know, who's actually taking parenting responsibilities for the kids, things like that, or discussing finances. There can be all kinds of different topics discussed in text messages, emails, things like that. And so as far as developing that to have as evidence in court, you can't just hand the judge your cell phone. You probably don't want the judge uh, perusing your cell phone. So how you get information from your phone into a court admissible format. Uh, generally, you know, if it's one or two text messages here and there, you can just screenshot those and send them to your attorney. Um, but there, you know, if you have a volume of text messages, uh, there are programs that you can, you know, download online. Um, for example, there's iMazing, iExplore. There's different programs that you can look up on Google. Um, usually, there might be a paid subscription to it, um, but that's well worth it instead of having to screenshot and organize 200 or plus screenshots. Then it organizes it in a chronological format and it's court admissible as far as, you know, getting it PDF and easily handed to the judge. Um, yeah, you, know, you mentioned text messages. I was just having that conversation yesterday with a client of mine and um, there were some really you know, uncomfortable, maybe threatening conversation exchanges uh, from the other side. And I said, you know, we need to keep those. And there's great evidence, some name calling, some really inappropriate things. Uh, and he said, look, hopefully we never have to use those, but uh, I want you to just screenshot those to me and then send those on over and, and we can use them. I think that's key evidence. I mean, I think there's, and, as you suggest, to start out, it's defensive and offensive, right? Right. And, and I have to piggyback on what you said. Uh, you said that there was some name calling. I have seen... Uh, you know, people come up with creative names for the opposing party. Mm -hmm. And so while that might make you feel good, it's not going to be good evidence in court. So make sure that when you are gathering these text messages that there's an appropriate name, usually their first name, their last name, something along those lines. Just yeah, say who yeah it is. definitely not <laughs> derogatory. Definitely <laughs> Eliminate not that derogatory. stuff. <laughs> right. So some of the other technology, things that we don't think about, um, I think you had mentioned something like toll tags. That's a huge one around the country mm -hmm. where whether you're in the Chicago area, in the New York area, Connecticut, uh, Texas obviously has tolls. So maybe talk a little bit about that. Sure. Well, so just kind of general location tracking. I've had it in a case before where one spouse said she was going to go visit her parents 
uh, in Oklahoma. I'm in the Dallas office, so Oklahoma is maybe like two hours north, um, not even. Uh, and so if she's driving north, then why is she driving south toward the airport? You know, who is she picking up at the airport? Because she stayed in town, we were able to see that she was driving back and forth on the toll roads that she was staying local. Uh, we ended up finding out that she was having an affair. Um, and uh, also, I've seen it as well that, you know, the tolls will track, all right, you hit this toll marker at this time, and you hit this toll marker at this time. And, well, you had visitation with the child during that time, and the distance between that is you shouldn't have made it that quickly. And so there have been concerns about erratic speeding and unsafe driving while in possession of the child as well. So yeah, all kinds absolutely. of information you can get. Yeah, find my iPhone or find my phone or find my friends. That's always one that I, you know, interesting. I, di I didn't really think about how long perhaps that, that data is, is kept by Apple or other devices. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and so uh, this is something where you can just go. Um, I have an Android phone for my personal use, and you go into your Google Maps, and you go into your location history, and it tells you it tracks. All right, you were here at this time, and here at this time, and here at this time. And it goes back to quite a while. And so, again, I've had it where people say, well, I was here at this time to pick up visitation for my kid, or I was doing this or that. And so, okay, well, show your location history. Some phones might have it turned off, depending on how you have your settings. But it is good to have um, as evidence, potentially, if needed. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. Yeah, ring doorbell, you know, that's crazy. I never thought about that. Cameras, you know, they store things in the cloud. It depends. Sometimes it's seven days, sometimes it's 30. That's always an interesting way to access that resource, right? Right. And so uh, ring doorbell as well. So people don't think about it. You know, they step outside to go talk to somebody and they're talking on the phone and the spouse gets an alert on it. And so, again, circling back to why it's important to change your account settings or passwords, once that spouse moves out, you want to have some privacy in your own home. So it's important to change change that feature so they're not looking into it. Yeah. Um, I've also had it, you know, like smart thermostats. People are just messing, you know, turning, cranking up the thermostat or cranking it way down so it <laughs> Yeah, I had someone there. We'd open all the windows, turn on the air in the winter, just to drive up utilities. It was just crazy. Uh, it is interesting. Social media. Let's talk about social media. That's always a treasure trove of information and evidence, right? I always tell clients, anything you post online can and will be used against you in a yeah. court of law. Uh, and so, again, just people will post funny memes on Facebook, you know, thinking ha-ha. But anything that you post, there's a good chance that it's going to be twisted against you. People are going to be looking at, all right, well, what are you doing socially? What were you doing then? 
did you have the notion of the child in? All right, where's the child in this picture? Are you doing activities that you shouldn't be doing? Uh, what are your thoughts on particular subjects um, that might be relevant to parenting? Uh, I've seen people that post crazy conspiracy theories um, on Facebook, or they'll write derogatory things about the other spouse, or, uh, you know, people have been uh, in court, they say, oh, I don't have access to any funds, I can't afford my child support, uh, I don't have a job, and meanwhile, they're posting, you know, that they're on vacation, um, oh, yeah. or, you know, I don't know why people do this, but they post pictures of their drugs on Facebook, terrible idea, um, and so it's not enough to just set your profile to private anymore, yeah. and because people may have uh, friends that share that information with you, or sometimes your friends uh, post pictures or posts on their profiles, then that may not be necessarily set private, and you just can't necessarily control it uh, to an extent, and so it's just you have to be very, very careful with with social media because it's out there. Yeah, uh, social media is a no-no. I've told clients, look, I, I get it this day and age even, we've become addicted to our phones, our social media accounts, we scroll, that's a kind of a, we're a consumer of information of what others are doing. You know, it's kind of, it's just odd. And if you can just get away from it, do it. it you know, don't delete it, just get away, step away from it for a while. Right, and you shouldn't delete it. Um, you know, any data that you have, electronic data, you shouldn't delete um, if it's going to be evidence in your case, even if it's potentially harmful. Mm -hmm. it, once litigation has started, you can get in trouble. It's, the legal term is called foliation. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to delete potential evidence in the case. Yeah. You know, so as we kind of think we've gone through some of these items, guys, you're thinking, well, okay, how do I get them perhaps if I, if, or how would they be requesting them of me? Is there discovery as we kind of get to the end of our topic today? What is it that they can do from a discovery standpoint in a legal case? Okay. Well, so discovery uh, is an information gathering tool. And so I'm not sure how it might be the titles of the documents might be titled differently in different states. So in Texas, we call it request for production. The request for production is saying, hey, get me all written records, uh, recordings, photographs, things like that. Get me those kinds of evidence. And uh, so that's the process in Texas. And we're actually supposed to start getting um, new discovery rules uh, starting January 1. So. Um, they're still being developed at this time, but generally, currently, uh, you send a request for production asking, all right, I want to see all these text messages um, that you have. I want to see all written logs and communications. I want to see all photographs that you think are relevant. I want to see all these photographs or videos, recordings, whatever, that you think are relevant to your case. And so the importance of sending discovery is that uh, you are able to gather information for yourself um, so that you can make an informed decision for your litigation strategy, but also you know what their evidence is. And if you request something in discovery that they didn't disclose, they can't use that item of discovery at trial. They can't have a surprise document. And yeah. so uh, you can request these records. Um, there is something called e-discovery. So if you request these records and you go through whatever your state's process is to try and get these records, you know, semi-voluntarily from the other side, they're just not turning 
things over. Texas has a process where you can essentially request a forensic uh, examination of this person's electronic device. Um, you have to try really hard and show, you know, the importance of obtaining that information and try to narrowly tailor it. So, um, but that is a process that is possible. So, and that's something to keep in mind too for, you know, when you're developing evidence is um, anything that you post, anything, any text message, things like that, you need to be mindful of, hey, you know, I can request this information from the other side, but they can also request it from me. And so you just kind of need to be mindful that things that you're text messaging other people, uh, photographs that you're taking, it may be requested of you in discovery and under the discovery mm -hmm. rules, you should turn those over. So kind of the last thing as we talk about discovery, which is the really the legal and formal way to get things, maybe we end this on the absolute do not, and that is don't take steps to do something illegal like maybe uh, unauthorized recording, uh, audio or otherwise. Just, you know, right, talk to your lawyer, make sure you do the right things, that it's a lawful action before you do it, especially we talk about wiretapping or, or tape recording someone when you're not there. That's probably likely a no-no, right? Right, right. So um, as far as... Uh, Recording conversations that you are a party to, some states have one-party consent where the one one of the parties um, to that recording is there and participating in the recording, and you only need consent of one person. And, but some states require everybody's consent yeah. to the recording, and so you can get in trouble in those states uh, if you don't have everybody's consent to the recording. So that's something to be mindful of. You shouldn't be hacking into the spouse's email account and requesting an automatic forwarding of every email that they get. That's also uh, wiretapping, um, contemporaneous uh, interception. You shouldn't be accessing accounts. Um, so there's wiretapping, there's Source Communications Act, there's federal law, and often states have their own versions of um, you know, similar laws. And so this can result in criminal and civil penalties. Uh, so if there's something that you're thinking that you might want to do, you should probably talk to your attorney first to see whether or not you can do that um, because you don't want to back in, you know, $10,000 fine or something. It's part of the strategy. It really is. And that's why we say, you know, have that conversation first. Talk to your lawyer, someone who practices exclusively in family law. And that's the best approach, especially when you're dealing with something that can get you in a lot of trouble. Not just, oh, you know, that was maybe not such a good idea. Some of these are really, really bad ideas. So, yeah. Lauren, thanks for joining today to talk about technology. It's really made family law vastly different, made some of our jobs easier, and in some respects, once again, us much more difficult. So thanks for joining. All right. Thank you, Scott. Well, continue to tune in twice each week. We're going to talk about topics just like this for guys before, during, and after divorce, you know, after listening to something like this, if you want to have a consultation with Lauren or some of the other attorneys in the Texas office, or as you know, if you're a follower of Cordell and Cordell, we have offices around the country, including the UK. So we're available for a consultation, phone, Zoom, or in person where appropriate, 866-DADS-LAW. 866-DADS-LAW or check us out at CordellCordell.com. You can follow us on social media as well as check out our YouTube channel, which has a lot of information just like this, including all of our past virtual town halls, and all those podcasts, plenty of information for you to educate and inform yourself. So until next time, have a great week.